The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. And welcome to a very, very special bonus episode of the Doctor Who pod that Dan and I have had planned for a little while, but didn't want to tell anyone because we thought it might be a nice surprise after today's episode. And when I say today's episode, this here is going to be our instant reactions to the Jodie Whittaker story, The Power of the Doctor, which literally finished airing on BBC TV in the UK around 15 minutes ago. So yeah, we react quick because we're that bloody professional. Dan. How are you, my friend? You said we're professional, but I'm going to counteract that immediately. Somebody examine my anus because I have lost my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Before we dive too much into this, we're not going to be breaking the episode down bit by bit. I imagine there's going to be plenty of other shows out there that will do that straight away. This is going to be Dan and I's likes and dislikes and reactions and so on to what we've just seen. Um... I will say now, right at the top of the show, this is obviously going to include spoilers. So if you have not seen this episode we are referring to yet, stop playing the podcast right now because we will ruin it for you. And then join us again. Press play after after you've seen it, please. We don't want to spoil anything for anyone. So there we go. There is the, 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 I suppose, the, the needed spoiler warning. Done our part. Not our fault now. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're still listening at this point and you haven't seen it, fuck you. You're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. So, Sorry, I must, I, must, I, must say, I must say up front, I'm very excited for this. Made a bit of a day of it. It's been my mum's birthday celebrations. I've had a couple of drinks. Um, so, but, oh, dude, do you want to just fire off? Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm poorly. I have been full of cold all day, sniffling, sneezing. I was in bed for half a day. I am rough as shit. So I apologize if I'm a bit sniffy and a bit coffee because this is going to be recorded and then put out via SJP World Media pretty much straight away. So if I am coughing and sniffing, I'm probably not going to try and edit it out just to get the shut, just to get the show out as soon as possible for all the people who who listen to us. But yes, so initial thoughts, Dan. I absolutely loved it. I've got a couple of nitpicks, but in terms of fan service and tying up loose ends and setting the stage for the future and building intrigue and for the for the story for the amount of story they crammed into 90 minutes this might be one of my favorite episodes of doctor whoever oh why now that's a big shout now like i said i have been drinking <laughs> okay <laughs> Um, but I, I watched it with my dad because I started watching Doctor Who when it returned uh, with my dad. We, we try and watch it all together. It's you know a bit of a family thing, and he compared me to an excited kid at Christmas. Okay, because I was I was slapping my thigh. I was I was I was marking out you know, to use a wrestling parlance. Yes, I was marking out through so much of it. Um, but what I want to just start off with is a bit of praise for Sasha Dawan. Oh. 
yeah. as the master because there's a lot rightly and wrongly being said about his portrayal of the master throughout this room. I've always thought that his master fit this doctor, fit Jodie Whittaker's doctor, the same way that, or in a similar way, that Jared Leto's Joker fit Suicide Squad. Okay. In that it wasn't the best portrayal of the character, but it fit the environment and the scenario that the movie dictated. Yeah, okay. And 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 therefore it wasn't bad. Tonight, I was worried we were going to get the master by way of the Joker. He was so much more than that. Mm. The guy didn't blink. Did you see that? Yeah. He did, he did the intense staring. I don't know how many takes that took, but he did not blink. And he was sinister and he was clever and he was calculating. And this is the most I've enjoyed Sasha Dowan as the master. Oh, that part, I completely agree with. This is, to me, the best performance of that version of The Master we have had. And I watched this with my wife, Sharon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, sorry. Apologies for my tickly throat and so on. But I watched this with my wife, Sharon. And there was a moment where I turned to Sharon and said, this is fantastic. This guy is The Master is fantastic. As I said it, Sharon literally turned to me at exactly the same time and said pretty much the same thing. This guy is so good. Yeah. It, it's th- this is what it's been crying out for. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I knew he could be when people were ripping it were ripping him to shreds. Right. Because from from I think I think his first portrayal was in Spyfall. Okay, as, yeah. As 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 O or Zero, whatever it was. I knew that I knew there was a great master in there, and I really liked him in the um, in what followed the haunting of Validia Dati that we covered in season one. Yes, the two parts that follows that he was very very good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was just tippy top of for Sasha Dowan, uh, for Sasha Dowan's master for me. And however, I have to say, it kind of leads into one of my nitpicks just to get it okay. out of the way. Yeah. So from what I remember, at the culmination of that series, after the haunting of Validia Dati, we had the big war with the Cybermen and whatnot, and you had the Master converted Time Lords into Cybermen. But they had him, what was in Game of Thrones, unleash the Death Particle on Gallifrey. They were all supposed to be gone. Right, okay. And it was supposed to be unescapable death. Right. And yet we had the Master, we had the lone Cyberman, who I think was a Shad. Yes, that's right. And it was all explained away by the Master consuming the Siberian with no greater explanation. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I don't need much more, but give me a a 10-second flashback to the Siberian invading the master, initiating, you know, the, the old, one of the Dalek tropes in Tenant and Smith's era was uh, emergency temporal shift. Right. Give, me some, give me something like that to get the master and the cyber masters out of there. Yeah. Although okay. I, I will say, just caveat to that, I might be forgetting something 
because I'm a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> On the note of the Cybermen, however, I loved the, I suppose, the kind of headdress, I suppose, would be the term that sort of throws into the Time Lord clothing that we've yeah, seen the, in the past. Yeah, the Cybermasters. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, but, I loved the uh, almost Gallifreyan markings on the Cybermen. But what I really enjoyed as well is quite a few of these Cybermen had very almost 1980s style helmets. They, they'd almost sort of gone backwards. It, the, the, the modern day Cybermen that we've seen with, with, with Tenant's Doctor and whoever else, their heads, of, I suppose for want of a better term, have almost gone more narrow and sleek. Mm. Whereas in the eighties they were a bit broader, a bit squarer, and they had the, the uh, I suppose, rails coming out of them uh, to the yeah. sides, making it very square-like. I guess it was almost like a crossover between modern Cybermen and eighties Cybermen. And any nostalgia from Classic Who, I fucking love. So that was a big thing for me, seeing the Cybermen in that form. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, big for me as well. I love that because one of my one of my gripes in the Matt Smith era, in particular, was the Cybermen got a bit too sleek yes and a bit too modern it's like i get that i get that that you know they have to move with the times a little bit but not that much mm. not to the point one of them had like super speed mm-hmm. and that did happen i believe but yeah great to see him back and, and on in <laughs> you said about nostalgia how much fan service? At least I say, I say fan service. I don't mean that as a bad thing. Just how many callbacks to the past oh, yeah. and, and 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 links and tying, like I said, tying up loose ends. I don't know much about Classic Who. Virtually everything I know about Classic Who has been gained from this podcast. Okay, and, and bits and pieces that I've watched. I know enough to know that so much of this, yeah was so good well i'll tell you what we'll do then dan if you don't mind how's about you said you had a few nitpicks to start off and you said it's, you said it's very you know minimal amounts of negativity uh i've got a couple myself shall we mm-hmm. start with that quickly touch upon the things that we were a bit unsure of potentially or maybe were we didn't like or whatever and then we can get on to what we absolutely bloody loved and finish on a bit of a positive Let, yeah let's do that because my nit i've already gone through my main one Okay, um, which was that my, my only other one is, and, and it, it's kind of you, you can fill in the blanks in your own head because it happened for a few characters, but just just show me just show me uh, Yaz picking up Graham. Yes, yeah, that was one of mine. They literally <laughs> they even said it in the show. Graham, how did you get here? Same and I was like, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, how did Graham get there? I mean, don't get me wrong, I was happy to see him, but that was a little bit of a. Okay, that came out of the blue. It just all of a sudden he's what inside this volcano. That was a bit of a out the blue, you know, shot, wasn't it? It was, but I was over like you. I was overjoyed to see Graham. It's no secret mm-hmm. to anybody who's listened to the first two seasons of this show that we love Graham. Um, but just, just have a quick little thing of picking everyone up. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It, it thing is, uh, I, I call it a nitpick because I love the surprise of seeing Graham. It was so it was so good, you know. Ace is there. She's she's starting to doubt herself, and then Graham. It's like, oh, Ace and Graham, what what a combo! And when she it, read like, the psychic paper, that was funny. Yeah, that was just, really oh, good. I, I knew you'd pop at that. Just for one, it's Ace. It's your doctor's companion. It's Bradley Walsh, who is 
one of your, dare I say, one of your favourite companions of Modern Who. And it's the psychic paper. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> How can you go wrong here? So, admittedly, if they'd have shown Yaz picking up Graham, you'd have lost that moment. And that's why I say it's just a nitpick. But at least, even just have Yaz reel off a quick list or something like that, just just allude to it or, or just say, I don't, I don't know, like I said, this is why it's a nitpick. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, though. I agree with you. You could have had it still with turning that corner and there's Graham and that surprise factor of, oh my God, there's Graham because you wouldn't expect to see him there. Let's be honest. He's in the middle of a fucking volcano for crying out loud uh, and all this chaos is going on and they literally turn a corner and there he is. Now that, that I've got no issue with because that was a, that was a funny moment seeing Graham in that scenario, just mm. popping up out of the blue. The surprise was good. However, like, like you sort of alluded to, they could have just dropped a line of dialogue in somewhere that would have covered the questions we have and again it's a very small thing but mm. it could have been done with keeping uh, keeping the surprise factor but then also just tying it up story-wise maybe yeah and again i think if you know on, on further reflection i think we might see that that maybe they did do that just in a in a, a way that was a little bit too subtle mm. where they talked about the the static electricity Oh, yes. And implanting people, because we only saw that happen three times. Yeah. Yaz, Teague, and Ace. hmm But if the Doctor had been doing that the entire time previously... Yeah. Then, fine. You know, then then we realise... We'd have been sat here at some point saying, well, what's, what's all this thing about the Doctor shocking people? Mm-hmm. You know, we'd have been like wrestling as well. Where the fuck's this going? Getting yeah. all shitty about it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> as is our wont as wrestling fans and Doctor Who fans. But um, but yeah, like like we both said, it's a very minor complaint, and, mm-hmm. and it was very good to see Bradley Walsh, and, and he he came into his own in in the end scene. Yes, yes. I, mean, I think we'll get to that because that's going to be, I think, one of my main positives that we'll cover towards the end. That that final couple of scenes, but yeah, another potential. And again, I think the term you've used there, nitpick, is is very, very good because it is a tiny little thing for me. Obviously, this is an hour and a half long special. There's a lot of story crammed in to this hour and a half. We talk a lot about in Classic Who how they might have a six-parter and one particular episode maybe could have been cut down to shorten the story, condense it a bit, whatever. With this, I almost feel the opposite. There could have been a couple of moments here and there just to slow us down so we can take stock of what's going on because there's so much happening so quickly. It, it almost felt like... I mean, you've got the Cybermen, you've got the Master, you've got the Daleks, you've got Ace and Tegan turning up, you've got Unit, you've got all these different moving parts. Just give us a... Just, even if it's literally just a two-minute moment of, of calm, just to take stock or slow down in places. And again, a tiny little nitpick because I did really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that would have helped me with regards to processing what was happening. Because I am not the brightest, so. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, again. Um, sorry, I had to look. I had to look to my left because he might be listening. Um, at one point, and like, I, I was like glued to the screen, and I processed stuff. I like like follow it quite quickly, and <laughs> I just I just sat there, and my dad just went, "This is the problem with you. You you understand it all. You know what's going on." I'm like, well. 
Yeah. <laughs> is that not normal? Like, why, why wouldn't you be in Siberia in 1916 one minute and then in 2022 London yeah. the other? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- there was quite a bit of bouncing around. But I've said before that the, there's, there's a way to do a, a fast-paced story where you feel either like you're constantly trying to catch up or you're taking along for the ride. Uh-huh. This... I was buckled in. I had the harness down. I'd got that awkward like seatbelt thing that comes up past your bollocks and plug and like plugs into the harness. Yeah. I was along for the ride on this. Uh, nitpick, I suppose, number two from me potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to contradict myself straight away here. So because <laughs> because I'm going to nitpick at something that then leads to something that was a, a fantastic moment for me personally and my Doctor Who fandom. The Doctor appearing as a hologram to help the companions in certain um, certain situations, okay? Now, that I wasn't a massive fan of. I felt that maybe was a little bit of an uh, easy get-out for that particular scenario. But at the same time, again, they've only got 90 minutes to tell this incredibly action-packed story, and it led to two things that meant so much to me. Peter Davidson is one of my favorite doctors. I used to love Tegan as well. Seeing her and Peter Davidson interact, and it stems from the hologram thing that I wasn't a big fan of. So that's where my contradiction comes from. Two moments of the show that were potentially two of my favorite moments stem from something I didn't like. But Tegan almost getting a little bit of closure with her doctor was a little bit emotional for me. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was a lovely moment. But really what got me was and i'm talking you know tear in the eye got me ace and sylvester mccoy getting that proper little interaction and again almost a form of closure for the characters and her doctor and by proxy my doctor and my companion that moment there oh my god i mean i I could feel myself getting emotional talking about it now to you dan yeah i I felt it too because um i had to again watched it with my dad I, I, don't, I don't know if he knew it but I felt the need to say it you know saying they are well you know I've been in, in one of the quiet moments just saying well the stuff I've been watching for the podcast um, Ace never got a Ace and Sylvester McCoy never got a resolution no and it, and it was it was kind of heartbreaking and I know that only from what we've watched the audio stuff that they did afterwards as well kind of hinted at maybe a not a um i've not heard it myself i'm just I'm, this is almost like third hand reporting i guess or third hand mm. information but those characters carried on in in the, the is it called big finish i think it is isn't it the yes, big finish production yes yes um there wasn't ever really a proper conclusion and it almost was left as though they not fallen out but they weren't as close as they once were and and it was all very open-ended but for me literally just watching as a kid in the 80s and this show i loved and these two characters i loved and again looking back in the podcast they're not even the best incarnations of of the doctor or a companion but i've got a special attachment to them because they were on my screen when i was younger so sorry it doesn't matter they are your yeah yeah exactly exactly seeing that now at 41 years of age finally getting that closure or even not even closure maybe too strong a term just getting that moment of yeah. them saying we're okay 
Yeah. Oh my god, that oh why? What a, that was but fantastic. At the end of the episode, where where I'm sure we'll get to it, what happened happened. Um, my dad said, <laughs> my old man says to me, "Hold it together, Dan. Hold it together." <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm just sat there thinking. I was closer to crying at Doctor uh, at Sylvester McCoy and Ace. Yeah, like that was. It was so nice where Ace got to say a piece, and I just I feel so good for Sophie Aldred, mm-hmm. just to feel where she could finally have that moment and just say, "I'm sorry we fell out, and I'm sorry we I'm sorry I judged you." Mm. And and Sylvester McCoy was was there, you know, even in hologram form. It's like we are more than good. Yeah, it oh. was it was so sweet, and and Peter Davison and Tegan, you know, I I've not what I don't think we've covered an episode with Tegan. I think we have. We I think we have because Turl. Well, yeah, she was in the Five Doctors for first. Yes, definitely. sorry. Yes, we have. Yes, um, and I think we may have seen her with Turlow in another story, potentially. Yes, sorry. Yes, I'm. I'm getting people confused because because I again, hate Turlow. Again, <laughs> and, and and again, I will say I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> The, the one thing in that, like, that, oh, that, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Oh, lovely, he doesn't know where his mute button is. Um, <laughs> the one thing in that whole interaction, which was beautiful and and really nice, and just so good to see Peter Davison there. Yeah, you know, th- th- that moment where she, she's like, "Well, you look like you, but not quite like you." And and Peter just, like, I could say the same to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's it's when he says a word, and, and and I'm pretty sure you'd have bristled at it, um, Adric. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. For, for reference, I don't know who or what Adric is. Right. Okay. That apparently that apparently he's a companion. All I know is Sai hates him. Yeah, I mean, hates is probably a strong word, but it's no, no, hates accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Adric, we are going to see Adric and a very historic moment with Doctor Who and Adric being a massive part of that when we cover the Peter Davidson story for our upcoming third season, which debuts on November the 1st coming up. And, and you won't have heard the draft episode for yet. No, exactly. So, yeah, I should I should have <laughs> shut the gob on that, shouldn't I? Oh, spoiler alert, people. Hey, we gave a spoiler alert at the start of the show. Fuck it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Adric is a companion who, I, again, I don't want to dive too much into it in case people have not seen this particular story or I'll ruin it for you, Dan. But it was quite a big thing with, what, with the Adric character and so on. And when Peter Davison says, I remember all of you, and then there's a pause and he says Adric's name. When you rewatch this, that will mean a lot more to you after we have finished season three. Mm. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Do you have any further nitpicks or dang play moments? I, I have one moment that I don't know if it's a negative or a positive. I don't know if it's a nitpick or if I'm just overthinking things. Okay. Because on one hand, it answers so many of my questions in terms of what happens in the episode. And and basically the only other thing I will question is the very end of the show. And I think we have a lot of ground to gush over. Mm-hmm. before we get there. And I will gush at the end of the show. Yes. 
but I am also a bit conflicted. Okay. First, uh, we're not going to. We'll talk about the, the the end of the show and, and the two scenes that I have in mind when we get towards the end of our our reaction show now. But can I just ask a quick question? Is it to do with the clothing? No. Oh, mine is. So we'll get to well, that shortly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, it's not quite right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it, but it, it, I didn't really give that much of a shit about it. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, I. I I suppose my last real sort of nitpick or or, or negative before we move on to being um, the, the, the happy-go-lucky positive chaps that we are in real life, Dan. <laughs> uh, it almost felt like the, the general the general my general feeling of this is I loved it, but I loved it because of all the nostalgia. Okay, okay, that was what ticked all the boxes for me. I will rewatch this again and again. I've fucking adored so much of it from being a classic who fan however the story in itself i was a little bit like mm, okay well the master is there because he's trying to become the doctor is that his motivation or he's trying to i, I was a little confused at certain points in the story with the motivation of the bad guys so if I may. Of course. The motivation was explained in the episode and was actually alluded to in the entire... Sorry, not through Flux, but through the entire preceding series. Was roughly sort of laid into that because the Master brings about the Cybermasters, gets the Cybermen on side... And then kind of off screen gets the Daleks on side. And in this episode itself, he, the master says, our hatred of the doctor unifies us. Yeah. So that allows him to set this plot. Yeah. Okay. However, so, so, so that's all. So that's, that is the reason that's why they're all there. That's why they're all in this against the doctor. Mm-hmm. And, Therefore, the only nitpick left is my first one, which is show me the master and the cyber master surviving. Mm. So that's yeah. The, the, it, it, it's again. It, it's one of those where it's they've, they've half explained it. Yeah. Okay. I, and, and and sort of left your mind to fill in the blanks. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now, for me. It's. I, I understand that is the motivation. I understand that is the the point, and 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 so on. I don't quite find. To me, the master, his motivation is always: I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It's always oh, self gratifying. Sorry, sorry, yeah. I, I, sorry, I forgot a bit. Get drinking. <laughs> the, the master explains it in that he says, "I'm going to erase you, Doctor." Yes. It, by which he means he's going to erase the Doctor and all the good deeds, every incarnation the Doctor's ever done from history. Therefore, he forces the regeneration, dresses the way he does, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's going to be a positive for me because I fucking loved it. And it's also... Rec- anyway, um, the Master does bad and does evil 
in the Doctor's name. Yeah. Thereby tarnishing the legacy and erasing the history and undoing every bit of good the Doctor ever did. No, okay, I get that. Yeah, I understand that. It's I just find it a little Unhinged. again. It, it's a tiny, it's a tiny little nitpick again. But uh, oh, I've got the word. Go on, Convo- convoluted. Yes, there you go. That's perfect. I find it that tiny little bit. Uh, uh, obviously, this this story, the power of the Doctor. The whole purpose of this story is to basically say goodbye to Jodie Whittaker. That's the purpose of this episode. Okay. Now, there is also obviously the nostalgia factor, which we're going to come to very, very soon. But it's almost like that uh, to get to that end game of the regeneration and saying goodbye to Jodie Whittaker and so on. The story, I'm not going to say it was like a a secondary point, but I'm going to say that the, the regeneration purpose is maybe 1A and the story they devised around it was 1B. It's a real marginal thing, mate. I'm not. I'm not being too, too negative on it. But it almost yeah. felt like it was, almost a secondary thing, but mar- really tiny below where where they were. You know. Uh, I don't know if the uh, the sound of me stroking my beard will come out on the audio, but I think you are, par- I think you are right in a sense uh, in that the story was there to 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 do that primary function but also to tie up a lot of loose ends in Whitaker's in Whitaker's timeline they didn't yeah. want uh, they didn't want a situation whereby they had a storyline in Matt Smith's first season that they then had to say oh shit how do we wrap that up mm. in the final and that's what Matt Smith's run felt like yeah yeah okay like the, you know, the whole cracking the wall thing was great in the first season, and it ended. But then it was like, well, but who caused the crack in the wall? And the, the resolution to that was either, either that was planned and it wasn't as good as you expected, or you had to tie it up very quickly. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Yeah, and again, I'm being really, really finicky. That's a good word, finicky. I like that. Finicky. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna keep that. I'm being really finicky, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're, having, you're having a bit of a kerfuffle. A bit of a kerfuffle. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if we have no more negative points in particular to bring up, there's we, one question. Sorry, so we said this was going to be half an hour. <laughs> I know. We've just clicked over half hour, I see. Uh, there's a quick question I want to ask you before we start getting on to what we absolutely loved. Tegan and Ace two actresses who are very synonymous with eight is who in it for a, a combined amount of many, many stories battled numerous, uh, numerous villains, aliens, etc., etc. How do you think the, uh, uh, the performances were by these two ladies now, many decades after they played those initial roles uh, uh, very much in their youth. Brilliant. Okay. I, I loved seeing them back. Like I said, um, Ace in particular, because, again, I mentioned that I, I couldn't really remember if we'd covered Tegan because of my drink adult brain, um, but I remember Ace. And yeah. when you see Ace getting the guns out of the floor, mm-hmm. because she knows where they're hidden in the unit HQ. 
Yeah. When you see her, she's stashed her jacket in the top floor of Unit HQ, and she's still an explosives nerd and all of this. It's fantastic. And, and, and the two of them remind me of bringing Linda Hamilton back into Terminator. In that okay. she spent she's in Terminator Dark Fate maybe oh, whatever, the later, whatever the whatever the shock whatever the <laughs> later, whatever the latest one is Linda Hamilton she turns up she's grizzled that she's been prepping for this her whole life mm-hmm. nothing nothing surprises because she's covered all angles and she's going to blast the shit out of these Terminators. Mm. Watching um, the 2018 Halloween, where they retconned and got rid of all the a load of the sequels and everything else, and they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, but they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis as a doomsday prepper because she had this house in the middle of nowhere, and she had all these weapons, and she got proficient in these weapons, and she yep. trained her daughter to be proficient in these weapons. That's the energy I got off Tegan and Ace, and that's the, that's what they gave as well. They gave to the doctor as soon as they saw her. Say, 40 years, 30 years, where the fuck were you? Mm-hmm. And I think, see, when you say about it needed more time, I wanted that to be explored. Yes, exactly. That That could have been the downtime that we referenced. Yeah, uh, a, uh, they could have just had an exchange for uh, an awkward exchange where the doctor is a bit squirmy because you know he's bit you know it, she's being confronted by these two companions who were potentially didn't part on the rosiest of terms, maybe mm-hmm. you know, and and also I I constantly think now with Doctor Who, similar to wrestling, I guess, of my daughter Charlie and how she will view something. Now, first of all the end of the episode which we're going to get to very soon charlie is going to go absolutely batshit crazy for that but <laughs> we'll get to that shortly the whole thing with ace and tegan she's never seen ace she's never seen tegan and there will be lots of other young doctor who fans who discovered the program with the reboot uh, the the restart of uh eccleston who may not be familiar with these two older characters so having that little bit of an explanation might have given more i mean tegan effectively the, the, the character of Tegan in this episode was quite an angry individual, mm. especially towards the doctor. Tegan was always quite a fiery individual in the eighties, but here she's quite angry because obviously what happened 40 years ago and so on explaining why she was quite fiery or quite angry or quite or prickly. Maybe the a better term probably would have helped that character because i think now if if say for example charlie watches this episode which she will do when we get to it in god knows how many years time um that with our watch back of new who uh charlie just might think that tegan's a bit of a knob because she but, doesn't but, know the history but things and this is I'm, I'm sort of veering into nitpick territory but imagine if because tegan gives the doctor attitude straight away Quite yes, right. Well, she always did, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But imagine that the doctor just smiled, like just put on a big beaming grin, just chuckled and just sort of getting a little bit choked up, just as you've not changed. Mm. Do you know what's, uh, again, it, this it is just, just going to my head now. Sorry, sorry, man, but even that, just the, just Jodie Whittaker just choking up and saying, you've not changed. Yeah. 
I can see that smile on your face. Yeah, no, you're right. It would be spot on. It would be spot on. I don't, and again, I'm, I, I've got no issue at all with the doctor being um, a lady. I've got no issue at all with the doctor being Asian, black, white, whatever. I don't give a shit. It's a time traveling alien in the blue box, whatever. That's what regeneration does. With two hearts and an unspecified amount of anuses. Exactly. No, an anus is bigger <laughs> on the inside, remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> an unspecified amount of penises. Um, <laughs> um, this, I think, is the first time I have felt that Jodie Whittaker herself is maybe not ideal in a situation because Jodie Whittaker is a younger lady than Ace Antigan. I know they addressed it on the show. But however, she's a younger lady, and she's she's a very pretty pretty woman. She's a very attractive lady, Jodie Whittaker. Now, I would say, for example, Peter Capaldi was in that moment there, an older guy, and he was reacting to his two former companions. I don't know why, but I think that may have been a slightly better way, potentially. Um, without without the sit down conversation, if we have the sit down conversation that, that that we said about, it, and Dan, you, you brilliantly said they should have done that. If they have the sit down conversation and and back and forth about what happened and clearing a few things up, all that goes away for me because it's still the Doctor. Here, it's Jodie Whittaker talking to two former companions. For me so, personally, anyway. Yeah, no, I understand that, and you have much more of an attachment to the former companions than I do, but the way that this was handled, I would have liked the sit down and the, you know, or just the airing of grievances, shall we say. For, for Jodie Whittaker's doctor and the particularly the re- relationship she has with Yaz. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the, uh, the Legend of the Sea Devils, which I watched this morning, they go to great pains to say that the doctor can't let anyone too close. Yes. Because eventually they die. That's yeah. that's it. Um and Jodie's doctor has always been sort of almost overly effervescent and overly positive and and, and all that. But I, I wonder watching that back if it, if it's if that's a, a, a veneer to to hide the real reason to hide the reason that she doesn't want to get close to anybody. And Almost I think like that's what, a, a self defense mechanism sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Defense mechanism. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and that's what they were alluding to with Yaz in, in mm. flux and, and legend of the sea devils and uh, etc. And that's why when, what we saw tonight was Jody just being sort of like, well, this is awkward because it, it fits the character. She she doesn't want to mm. let people in. She doesn't, she doesn't want to address it, even though it means so much to the doctor. Yeah. Okay. And the doctor, <laughs> the doctor would have been overjoyed to see these two former companions still helping. Yeah. Still at it with unit with with the daughter of Sir Alistair Brigadier Sir Alistair Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah, but she can't let that show too much. Yeah, okay. just in case because because it because she doesn't want 
to drag Tegan and Ace back in because Tegan's got the package that she thought was from the doctor and has held it and kept it close. And and she kind of knows that what she's done and, and, and what the, the previous incarnations have done left these companions back there mm. is not the right way to handle things. Yeah. And, and, and I suppose about, as well... But, but sorry, that's the, sorry oh, go on, carry on. Well, I suppose as well... Uh, again uh, the more we are reacting literally the show finished less than an hour ago so we are reacting and still we're still processing yeah. what we watched as we're reacting so I, I, I just popped in my head now two of my favorite moments of the show as i mentioned was tegan getting the closure of peter davidson's hologram and ace getting the closure with sylvester mccoy's hologram now yeah. if we got that sit down closure or even a conversation earlier in the episode maybe that wouldn't have been as impactful i don't know um, but, but that's why I would have had the, had it just be a one line, just be for for the doctor to look at both Tegan and Ace, and just smile and say you've not changed. Yeah, that's all. That is all it takes. Mm-hmm. But again, but that doesn't fit. That doesn't fit Jodie's doctor. Like the no. more I think okay. about it, since I, since I said it a few minutes ago, that doesn't fit Jodie's doctor. That fits. Te- that fits. Eccleston's doctor, that fits Tennant's doctor, maybe that maybe fits Smith's doctor. It certainly fits Capaldi's doctor. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't fit Jodie. No. And, 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 and the more I've thought about it, as this has gone, and, and I, I quite like this because I, I hope this comes across. This is our minds working in real time. <laughs> yes, um, very slowly. <laughs> can, 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 can you hear the rusty gears? And <laughs> but but real time, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. real, uh, real, real fucking slow time. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, so I mentioned it before. I think, I don't know if it was off air or on air, but can I just say, the, there's a thing that happens, and we've already said this is a spoiler cast, the master projects himself into the doctor's body, and the outfit. Oh, that was... I got such a kick out of this. That was incredible. There was a couple of moments where... I, a little bit of context. I've been upstairs upstairs poorly all day, as I said. My wife is decorating. It's half-term, so my wife is decorating downstairs. So I came downstairs for the first time quite late in the day, and the TV is not in the same place it was. The sofa's moved, and she's getting prepped to paint and wallpaper and all that. I sat down in my chair, slumped against the back of the wall, watching this Doctor Who. There were certain moments that got me edging closer to the TV. Okay? Now, one of them was this. The Master coming out. The Master's forced regeneration to make himself the Doctor, etc., etc. And he's wearing Sylvester McCoy's jumper. He's wearing Peter oh. Davidson's celery. He's wearing the 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 scarf of Tom Baker the trousers I believe were William Hart- Troughton uh, Hartnell's trousers and he had Troughton's flute uh, sorry oh, so good it oh, was all, just... oh, do, do you know what, uh, the only thing that was missing Pertwee's cape oh yeah yeah or if he had the car keys to Bessie in his pocket or something <laughs> <laughs> imagine he was doing all his evil shit just driving around in Bessie <laughs> Oh, that was fantastic. That was so oh, good. It was, yeah. I mean, and, and in that, actually, sorry, I do have, a, I do have, a, it's, another, it's only a very slight nitpick, but it's still a positive. When Jodie Whittaker's sort of doctor consciousness is on the edge of existence. Yes. 
and she encounters all her previous selves. Mm-hmm. I, I just wish we'd have had um, Eccleston. Yeah. And, and Tennant and Smith and Capaldi. I know they only had a set amount of lines, and I am so glad that they gave them two um, <laughs> you know, to, 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 to Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul, Paul McGann. Oh my God! What, what, that was that was another moment where I edged further off my seat because we saw William Hartnell effectively. Obviously, it's not William Hartnell, but you no, it's, know, it's, I mean. David, it's David Bradley. But yeah, yeah we, we we saw the first Doctor, and I was like, "Oh, this is so freaking cool!" And then it starts changing, and then it's Colin Baker, and I was like, "Oh my God!" It's and that that yeah. was the one. Even though even though Paul McGann is, is like, I love seeing that dude. That's amazing. And Sylvester McCoy, obviously, as you keep saying, is, is the doctor I grew up with. Colin Baker was the one that got me. I was like, it's Colin Baker. Holy shit. Yeah, because I think we've all kind of... Oh, sorry, I say we. I think fans of Classic Who have, have or should have grown out of the Colin Baker hit. And, and it, it's been so many years just accepting for what he is and, and for what his doctor is, sorry, and, and try and enjoy it. There's also the big thing about how he left the show and the falling out with the BBC mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And he wouldn't go back and film a regeneration scene for McCoy coming in yes. and all that stuff. So seeing him there, I was like, holy crap, that's Colin Baker. I didn't even consider that. I'd completely forgotten about it. So yeah, I, I, it looks like very much we're getting into the positive stuff we like tonight. Um, <laughs> no, 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 oh, we, we were in this, we were in that a long time ago. Yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah, it was, <laughs> It was we we gushed no end about Tom Baker turning up in uh, the fiftieth anniversary. I rather think you might. Oh, oh, I really think you might. <laughs> ah, yours is so much better than mine. <laughs> it's because because that's I what pra- she said. <laughs> I was going to say it's because I keep practicing the deeper notes. Um, don't know if that has an effect on anything. Um, it was kind of like that of the living doctors, Tom Baker was the only one missing. Mm, yeah, like of the classic ones, but he's he's an old fellow now. You know, he, there was a was, picture of him online recently, and I think he's nineteen now, isn't he? Yeah, it'll be about that. And he looks very, very thin. And it was a it's one of those pictures where you see somebody online, and. Obviously, you take into consideration their age, and I don't want to be a doom monger or anything like that. But you look at it and you go, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he's you know? eighty-eight. Yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah, yeah I can um, appreciate why he maybe wasn't involved, but it would have been nice. Yeah, that, that, that's the only thing. It, it, it would have been nice, but like you say, the fact that we got Colin Baker and and Paul McGann, and we got the resolution of Sylvester McCoy and Ace, we got mm-hmm. to have these sort of lesser loved doctors. Yeah, have big moments in in what is effectively shaping the future of the show for hopefully fifty years to come. Mm-hmm. It was just it, it was a genuinely beautiful thing, and the fact that, it, that the consciousness just kept reverting between images, and yeah. you know they, they had a laugh saying, you know, uh, Paul McGann saying, "There's always one that doesn't wear robes." You know? <laughs> There's always one. <laughs> <laughs> But, but again, again, Paul McGann's like kind of the black sheep of the one of the black sheep of the doctors because yeah. he was only in the movie and, and the regeneration sort of fifteen minute special. 
Mm-hmm. But he's still the doctor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it was just so nice. And, you know, we said it in the first season where we watched the movie. I have an immense love for Paul McGann's doctor. Mm-hmm. Similar to yours for, for Sylvester McCoy, because that was like the first thing I saw of Doctor Who. Yeah. And I loved that movie as a child. I've got doctors I prefer, but he is still my doctor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I prefer Eccleston, Capal- I prefer Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, Baker. Colin. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting Tom. <laughs> Unless it's vengeance on virus, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting a massive love for Pertwee, but always in there. It's just like, yeah, but the movie was good, though, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, you say you say there about um, it, it was beautiful and this, like the other. There's something I really wanted to bring up because it it struck me as being so dynamic, I suppose, for want of a better term. Mm-hmm there were certain visuals in this that were just breathtaking. We had the, the volcano stuff. I thought was incredible. The, 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 the contrast of colors between the dark rocks and, and the red lava and the heat and insane that planet, the, the, the planet they kept, uh, sort of the, the, the planet that had appeared out of nowhere that the master had sort of, you know, constructed or with the Cybermen or whatever, uh, with the TARDIS linked into it and all that sort of stuff. What a visual that was, that icy, cold, almost metallic in nature planet. The, uh, just all of that was fantastic. But the one that got me that I think is a little understated, but as a Doctor Who fan, I loved. And I hope we see gifts made of it by people who are far more technologically clever than I. Was when we had the master in that one particular room with the doctor inside the doctor's casing. And it just spanned around, and you had all these Cybermen and Daleks in a semicircle, and I, yeah. and it was this big, vast. I, I, it wasn't a boring, but it was that kind of feeling potentially. It, it was, was a big, it, vast space. It, it it was the like the the Russian Tsar's family hall from nineteen sixteen in what I think was the Bolshevik Revolution. Okay, we had nice floor. Have a nice ceiling, a chandelier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that. That was with the lights on the on the Daleks and the blue light on the Cybermen and oh what a visual yeah. that was. But, but also from from a Doctor Who law standpoint, you know, from the start, from the history of the Doctor and, and the, the Doctor's enemies, for the Daleks and the Cybermen, these new evolved Cybermen and the Master to be standing together, finally, like the, this is one of the biggest threats the Doctor's ever faced. Mm-hmm. And we've had the Cybermen, so we've had the Daleks steal planets to engineer total universal destruction in, in yeah. the Tenant era. We've had, we've, we've, yeah, it was just the scale of it was almost just too big. But I thought that, and then I thought about Flux. And Flux was the entirety of time and space coming down. Yeah. So this was actually a step back. <laughs> <laughs> but they had no nice ballroom in flux. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very no, uh, true. For, uh, can we also, can we very quickly, before we get on to, I mean, we, we had our little nitpicks. We spoke about Tegan and Ace. We've spoken about how great the master was uh, and all that sort of stuff and the visuals. Now, we're going to get on to the end of the episode to conclude our podcast today. Yeah. But before we get there, 
can we just talk about the master dancing to Boney M? That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was big um, John Sim, Here Come the Drums vibes. Mm-hmm. That's what that yeah. was. That was it's glorious. So that was, yeah, I love that. And, and the Daleks and the Dalek and the Cyberman looking at each other like, the fuck? What yeah. is this dude doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, to be fair, you say about the, the end of the episode, I might just have to divert it that way because my bladder is failing me. <laughs> no problem. Let's Let's get on to that right now. So... There's two big things that I think the end of the episode is, in my mind, always going to stand out. Mm. First of all, is the almost, uh, it comes across AA meeting vibe, doesn't it? People sat in a circle with a label on them with their names and so on. And Graham is the first one talking about his experiences with the doctor. And he's set this, this meeting has been set up for other companions who have experienced this, this in their life. And we go around the room and we oh, see Yaz. Yeah. And then we see Ace and we see Tegan and then we see Joe Grant. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing. And then, then we span across and there's an old man sat there who I didn't recognize at first, but he's got the label on that says Ian. And I li- that was when I virtually fell off my chair. I was like, holy shit. It's Ian. Ian Chester and William yep. Russell, who <laughs> is 97 years old. Why? How brilliant is that? And he's there. <laughs> so good. I, oh. Again, you know, I, I said before, my dad was saying, you know, in, in the regenerations, you keep it together. And mm. but I was like, it's Ian. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. How, how How is it here? I didn't know who was still alive. No, no. I mean, the actress who played Barbara has passed away. She passed away, yeah. in, I think, in the 90s. So, I mean, this was what a throwback. That was so, so cool. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm welling up just. Yeah, it was amazing. Just it, was right, amazing. It, was, it was beautiful. He is. He is now. <laughs> we talk about in uh, in in well in season three and all the previous seasons. We you know I've talked about the tropes and, and people who were on Doctor Who for the longest period of time. Oh yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I think we've got a winner. <laughs> yeah, oh without a doubt, without a doubt. That was that was a glorious moment. That was fantastic. Are we sorry, about, we speak sorry about, about the noises um, made down the uh, the microphone. Then <laughs> we speak about. Uh, obviously, we're both big wrestling fans, and wrestling terminology sometimes slips into our conversations about other topics. But the wrestling term of marking out. There was oh. a few moments in this episode that I got, and one uh, our good friend Morty from the Morty and Fitch pod. Check that out online, everybody. It is oh, also, I must, I must say, sorry, Marty, we're not responding to your messages because we're recording this. Exactly. <laughs> we'll speak to you very soon, my friend. Uh, Morty put in the chat that we have the three-way conversation you and I have on Twitter. Size so marking out right now because Ace yeah. was on screen, and he was right. The jacket got me. The Nitro 9 got me. The baseball bat got me. Ian got me. That was the because yes. I saw Joe first and I was like, oh why? And that was enough. If that if it yeah. was Joe, enough. Ian there, why? When, when when I say about like I was like a kid at Christmas, I was spotting all this. You know, and just being like, oh my God, it's amazing, it's amazing. And then I saw I saw Joe Grant. I'm like, oh my God, it's Joe Grant. And I, saw, yeah. I, I, I said to my dad, I was like, that can't that if that can't be Ian Chesterton from the original. It just can't be him. And I've just, I'll be honest, I've looked it up while we're recording. He's still alive and it, it is him. Yeah. And, and 
did you clock the line from Ace where she looks at the master and said, when I last saw you, you were half cat. Oh, throwing back to survival, which we covered. <laughs> which we covered. Season. Yeah. Oh, my word. I'll tell you what, doing this podcast with you, I think has made me appreciate the episode of Doctor Who we've just watched 10 times more than I would have if we weren't doing this podcast. Oh, mate, same. Like, in fact, probably more so because I understand so much of mm. what that episode was doing. I understand so much more of how this was tying everything together. Yeah. And just you know, the whole thing with Ace and Tegan and, and just, just every little callback, Ian Chester and Joe Grant and oh, that, that episode has just made me love the fact that we do this more. Yeah. I'm me, mate. I'm me. I suppose there is one final topic for us to touch upon. Yes. As we close yeah. in on an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For for a podcast we said it was going to be a quick reaction, 25, 30 minutes maybe. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> the the closure in a way of Yaz and the doctor's relationship, which then leads to Jodie Whittaker's regeneration and farewell from the show, Dan. Your yes. thoughts. So there was a nice tease in that we thought Jodie was going to regenerate. And then she sort of held back and said to Yaz, one more adventure. Which the doctor can do. We've seen it. In yeah. fact, we co- we covered it in uh, in Heaven Sent. You know, the fact of how long it takes a time lord to die and regenerate and all the rest. I like that. It, it allowed the doctor and Yaz to have their time. It was an unspecified amount of time, but it allowed them to have it, and they sat there on the TARDIS looking at Earth, eating ice cream in the oxygen bubble. So nice. It was just yeah, lovely. It, 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 it was sweet. When it, Yaz started crying... Oh, I'm, God. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just open it a bit. Now I don't give a shit if people think I'm daft or soft to take the piss. When Yaz started crying and we knew this was going to be it, Whitaker yeah. is departing the show. I had a tear in my eye, man. I was gone. Oh, same. But, but that, I've, said, I've been alluding to it in the whole thing. When Yaz was crying... That's when my old man said to me, says, it's all right, Dan, it's only a TV show, you know? Yeah. But I think there's been a lot of criticisms of Jodie Whittaker's time as the Doctor because of the writing and uh, and so on and various characters. I mean, we've seen Whittaker episodes for the podcast and we've criticised certain characters and certain aspects of storytelling and so on. The Yaz-Doctor relationship, I think, doesn't quite get enough praise because because that was the end of that relationship right there yeah and uh, i'm a 41 year old grumpy old bastard who is not feeling very well okay but that got me that got me yeah it it really can't be that badly written can it exactly and 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 i i've said many 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 times on this show that i firmly believe that a lot of whittaker's episodes will be looked upon more favourably as time goes by, as has happened with Smith, with Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And we're already seeing that. We looked at Kablam. Yeah, I love that. I, 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 I ranked it quite low. 
it doesn't mean I thought it was bad. Yeah, but our second season was rammed full of really good stories. Exactly. It was still a very good episode, and, and I fully believe that, and I know that Jodie Whittaker has been a very good doctor. Mm. She has, but she has at times been failed by the writing, by some of the stories. But she's fulfilled the vision of what this doctor was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she has, and and sorry, we've kind of drifted off topic topic of the uh, regeneration and whatnot. No, it's okay. I mean, there's one more question with regards to Yaz and the Doctor I wanted to throw at you before we get to the actual regeneration itself. Yeah. Do, are you happy with the conclusion of their tale? Because it was, the Doctor, the Doctor teased almost like she was at one stage going to turn around and tell Yaz, I love you. And there has always been that kind of, tease between the two and a relationship of some sort mm-hmm. that was never actually um uh, established properly uh, and dan's character oh by the way dan coming in and departing straight away big fan of that don't mind, <laughs> not, seeing, don't mind not seeing dan too much so basically there's uh, there's a few moments where the doctor almost feels like it, it almost feels like the doctor is going to turn to Yaz and say and i love you but she says, I've loved being me. I've loved my time with you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was enough? Or yes. would you have, uh, would you have had, because of how attached Yaz was, and we had the whole thing with Dan going, why don't you tell her how you feel and all that sort of stuff. That was quite on the nose when Dan was mentioning that. And, and but Dan was basically pointing out the, the, the affection Yaz held for the doctor and saying well, the doctor feels the same way. But the subtlety of the ending, do you think it was too subtle or do you think they should have had a bit more to it? Well, speaking as someone called Dan, who is a Liverpool fan who has incredibly unsubtly managed to point out that two people like each other. Mm. And, and that, that that is actually a true story. Loz and John, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they will listen to this, it's fine. Um, but it was um, it was kind of... I think it was what it needed to be at that yeah. point. Um, sorry, two ticks. We're going to have a guest interruption here. Dad? Yeah. Um, can you just speak to Michael? What did you reckon to Doctor Who tonight? Confused me. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it, was, it was really nice to see a 33-year-old man, like a kid at Christmas, jumping up and down and punching the air and going, oh, my God, I can't believe this is on. Oh, my God, I can't believe that's happened. <laughs> well, see, see, tell your dad for me. He can't hear me, but obviously, tell your dad for me. I'm 41 years of age, and I was doing exactly the same thing about 140 miles south of you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him that. Sorry, that was too good an opportunity to pass up. Oh, um, brilliant! <laughs> the whole thing with Yaz and the Doctor, it, it, there was a satisfactory, a satisfactory conclusion to be had, mm-hmm. but every satisfactory conclusion to their relationship doesn't include a regeneration, almost. Yeah, I get you. Because, because you know, we saw it with Martha. Martha fell in love with David Tennant. He Yaz wouldn't. Fall- well, I have. Um, <laughs> Yaz has fallen in love with Jodie Whittaker's doctor. Every companion has referred to their doctor as their doctor. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact they got just got to sit there, eat ice cream, Watch the world, and then Jodie dropped her off. 
that that's more than I was expecting. I was fully expecting Yaz to die. I thought Yaz was going to die. We said in our little group chat, didn't we? And I thought Yaz was going to die, almost protecting the Doctor, and maybe that would have something to do with the regeneration potentially. But mm. I think this was done so well because Yaz can always come back now, and I, I don't mind Yaz, you know. Yeah, the door's open. Yaz can come back. Um, it's just done a little bit better. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Ah, so then, I suppose to conclude our reaction show, shall we have a little conversation about the regeneration scene? Now, I hinted at it earlier. I said about the cloves. I don't mind it because Tennant is Tennant. He should be wearing the suit, the coat, the tie, the Converse trainers and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. I don't remember a doctor regenerating and their clothes changing too. That was the only little tiny niggle I had, but I don't mind it because we got David Tennant as David Tennant. Did the clothes, re- sorry, I, I don't remember it. Did the clothes did actually regenerate? The clothes merged into new clothes. Yes. Okay. Then there was kind of a giveaway because I've just realised when the Master was decked out in all the Master's gear, uh, sorry, all the former Doctor's gear, that tie he was wearing with the the little blue squares on it, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's Tennant. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that at all. I, am, I, I have only figured it out just now. Give me two ticks. Um, just... Oh, God, if, if they really telegraphed it this hard and we didn't notice, this is going to be almost embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We've man. never claimed to be experts on this show. Just two fat dudes who enjoy it. No, but I, I'd like to think I'm better than that. Um, <laughs> I'm not, just to clarify, but I like to think it. Um, is it Tennant's tie or Smith's tie? I've seen that tie before. Right, I'm you are far me. more observant than I. I'm just a fucking nerd. Um, might be Matt Smith then. I'm sure I've seen that tie before. And if I haven't, it's I'm Mandela affecting myself. Okay. Into something nuts. No, because Matt Smith had the bow tie. Yes. And then Tennant had the burgundy one. The stripey one. That's David Tennant at some sort of premiere when he had a noxious white suit. I'm sure I've seen that before anyway. Okay. Oh, hang on. No, the... hmm, Slightly similar to the tie he wore with Donna Noble. Anyway, enough about that. Sorry, that was real-time Googling and me being an idiot. Um, (laughs) The actual appearance of tenant i'm in two minds about right on one hand it's david tenant i lost my shit mm-hmm. because he even said oh i felt these teeth before yeah that was brilliant that was a big big thing for me i guess <laughs> that because well, again david tenant is charlie's uh favorite doctor she's only seen two but she loves yeah. tenant and she walks around the house all the time sucking her teeth and going mm, new teeth just randomly, she might be making herself a cup of tea or walking. She walks through the front room with her dinner to go upstairs and talk to her friends, and she'll go, mm, "New teeth," just just completely at random, like at least twice a day. So when she sees that, she's going to go crazy. Yeah, that I mean, it's incredible. But I, I don't know. It's 
this is the this is the first time, and it could be setting a new precedent. Like I said before, this could be setting the path for the future fifty years of this program. And and we know now that nothing is off the table. Yeah, the doctor can choose the doctor's own face. The doctor can choose to potentially choose to to degenerate into Tom Baker if he if he wants to. But it's the first time the Doctor has gone back to a former face and it has just so happened to land in between the first female Doctor Mm -hmm. and the first black Doctor. Yep. And it takes people who aren't me to put that into context because I don't quite know how to feel about that. From a narrative perspective, they addressed that. From a narrative perspective, perspective, they addressed it in the show. And it's it's forced regeneration. You can force a face upon people. We have seen that the doctor can choose his or her own face. From that point of view, because the, in fact, David Tennant regenerated into himself. Yes, very true. When he got Perhaps it's just Tennant. Perhaps Tennant just likes breaking the fucking rules. Could be, <laughs> but um, uh, but I, just, I don't know. I can't wait to see how it plays out. I'm no less yeah. excited. I am very excited to see David Tennant, and we got the sneak peek of of Tennant and 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 Shooty Gatwa in the next. Uh, you know who is the next Doctor? Yes. I don't know, just something doesn't sit right with me that they haven't just gone straight to the next Doctor. Even See, even, even even though they're bringing back a universally beloved Doctor. Mm. See, for me, and I don't know if this is because I'm I'm doing my, uh, to coin a phrase from uh, our good friend Total Stevo, my rewatch of New Who, because I'm, I'm going through it with Charlie, who's watching it for the first time. We're in the middle of, well, we're in season four. So Tennant has that season and then a couple of specials and regenerates. And Charlie is worried about when that's going to happen. I haven't told her when yet, but she knows it's coming soon. And mm-hmm. um, we get the dude have hinted at his song ends soon on an episode we watched today. And Charlie was like, Oh no, but there we go. That's, that's a tale for another day. Um, I, I love David Tennant. I think David Tennant is potentially now my favorite doctor of all time. I think he's overtook I think he's overtook Tom Baker, who was my favorite doctor for a long period. And and Peter Davidson, I always had a soft spot for, but I think he's overtook both of those and he is now my favorite doctor of all time. Mm. Now, I don't know if seeing Tennant regenerate sorry, Whitaker regenerate into Tennant, seeing him back on my TV screen in that suit and jacket and Converse trainers stood in front of the TARDIS making the comment about his teeth. I don't know if I adored that so much because I'm right in the middle of watching it back with my little girl. No, because I adored it as well. Okay. Well, there you go then. I mean, and to me, you said there's that thing of, I want to know where they go from here. Then that's what we talk about all the time with regards to TV shows, um, the wrestling products we both review for our various programs. That's the hook. Mm. Now you're thinking, what's going to happen? And that brings viewers back. So to me, I've got no issues at all with it. 
Yeah, it, and like I say, it's the, the the line I'm trying to tread is I don't want to be one of those people who's quote unquote offended because I'm not offended, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want to be one of those people who is offended or critical of something for other people's sake. Yes, and 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 you know we see that a lot. Um, Oh God, this is this is a subject I shouldn't even try and broach when I'm drunk. So to be fair, I'm not going to. Um, I enjoyed seeing Tenant. I have reservations about seeing Tenant. Anybody out there who has a similar or differing opinion, please do let us know because, quite frankly, I ain't qualified to speak on it. Okay. And I, th- I think that's the best thing I can say about it. Um, yeah, fair enough. But all I know is um, the tenants back. Yes, tenant, tenant Catherine Tate and and Bernard Cribbins have filmed oh. their um, have filmed their scenes for the 60th anniversary, and I know that I will cry when I see Bernard Cribbins on my screen. Yeah, he has literally. Again, I, I know I've mentioned it a few times on this this podcast, and I apologise if people are getting bored of me bringing it up. But watching it back with Charlie. He has just come into our our timeline, I suppose, with regards to our watchback. We've had the first couple of episodes where he was a more prominent character as opposed yeah. to just somebody selling a newspaper. And Charlie already adores this guy. Charlie thinks this guy is the best thing ever. So that's lush for me. He, he's he's our Doctor Who granddad. Yes. <laughs> that is superb. Yeah. That is superb. <laughs> so, yeah, so, Dan, to summarise, my friend... The power of the Doctor. Josie Whittaker in general. I suppose the end of an era. Yeah. What are your thoughts on... To, to, to summarise then, your thoughts on the episode, and then Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, and then I will, I will do the thing. So, the episode itself. Absolutely loved it. Minor nitpicks, although we spent a bit too much time on them. <laughs> it, they were only minor. Um... It was fantastic. The amount of story they crammed into 90 minutes was incredible. I never felt lost. I was along for the ride. Um, it was, it brought all the enemies together and just the sheer amount of fans. Uh, again, I use that term fan service and it sounds derogatory. It's not derogatory. We, we got the resolution. We got the old companions. And, um, it was just a great resolution and look forward into Doctor Who's past and Doctor Who's future. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm going to put it to you now, Si. We said on the draft episode, we will say on the draft episode when it drops, that we're going to look at one of the Peter Cushing um, uh, movies. Yep. I, I would much rather dissect this episode. Yes, we'll do that. And for those who are interested in the Peter Cushing movie that we do mention in the draft episode that comes out on the 1st of November when season three kicks off, we will do the Peter Cushing movie as a bonus in our next downtime, maybe? Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll either do it in the middle of the season or take it on to the end of next season because I don't want to do any disservice to Peter Cushing. It's just this feels like something that we need to get our teeth into. I say never in the next few weeks. Yes, I agree. 
So, Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor in general, my friend. Jodie's the Doctor. Um, in her first season, there were some some positives. Um, I, I, I watched them all. I enjoyed them. I have said multiple times, I think the stories will be viewed much more favourably as time goes by than they were received um, as they aired because Jodie's Doctor saw a fairly drastic drop in the number of viewers and now mm-hmm. there the, the, the could be many and varied reasons for that that TV people can tell you um, it could even be down to the way that people consume TV, you know, people prefer Netflix and binging to, to whatever but I still think there are some absolute gems in Jodie's story and while I have my issues in the way the Doctor was was written and and seemingly shallow at some point I think Jodie Whittaker gave her all, made the role her own and she is the Doctor Yes, yes, I agree I agree um, Thoughts on the episode The story was good, not great but any TV show that can get me to virtually jump off my sofa in the space of 90 minutes, three or four different times. And then also have me basically as a 41 year old fat, grumpy old man in tears must be doing something right. And I will revisit this episode again and again and again for the podcast. Now we've discussed that Dan. So yeah, that's my, that's my idea on all my summary. I suppose my thoughts on the episode we've just watched my yeah, thoughts yeah. on Jody doctor. Not, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose, decent first watch. Going back for the podcast, the couple of stories we've reviewed on the show, it backs up your thoughts in that. In later times, in later days, rewatching the stories will be better because I've enjoyed watching them back and then talking to you more than I enjoyed watching them when they first aired. However, my biggest thing with Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who is not even Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who, not even a moment in Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who uh, career or time filming or episodes or stories. My biggest thing with Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who literally comes back to the fact that I have four children and I am a father of three girls. And for decades and decades and decades and generations and generations, the doctor has been a man. Now, there's videos online, you can find them on YouTube, of that reveal of Jodie Whittaker being announced as the next doctor. The little clip of her walking through this area with the the, the, the sort of uh, hooded top on, she pulls the hood back and you can see that it's, it's Jodie Whittaker, it's a female actor, or actress, I suppose is the term, I don't know. You look at that video and then search for reaction videos. The amount of little girls going batshit crazy because the doctor is a girl. I can't watch them without getting emotional. So as a father of daughters and as in general, as a a person who believes that, you know, everyone is equal in the world, regardless of sexuality, race, gender, whatever. And as a Doctor Who fan, I think Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor 
is potentially the most important Doctor Who we have had since Eccleston and the most important Doctor Who we've had in general since the very beginning with Hartnell because it's changed the game. It has changed everything. And again, as a, a father of daughters and seeing these young girls on YouTube, some of them literally in tears with excitement because their hero, the Doctor, is a girl. I think, you know, all I can say again is, as, as, as a dad of three girls, thank you, Jodie Whittaker, thank you, Doctor Who, thank you, BBC, for doing that. It faced a backlash. It did get a backlash in some circles. But fuck those people. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what? It's it's kind of put some of my fears or, or concerns, if you like, about uh, about tenants come back into perspective because my fear is uh, that they were bringing tenant back in some way to appease the twats and the gammons and, and the less desirable, uh, or sorry, less tolerant aspects of the Doctor Who fandom. The assholes. Yeah, the yeah the the word I can't say on this podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I no, you're not allowed. You're not yeah. allowed. <laughs> it, it, it begins with C and rounds with shop front. Um, mm-hmm. That that that's my only worry. That's my only worry of bringing tenant back is that it's not for narrative purposes. It's it's to appease the the arsehole population and. I shouldn't have to think like that because you are you are exactly right in everything you say about the importance of Jodie Whittaker, and you know I, I'm I'm not a parent. Uh, I I will never be a parent through 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 choice, but I I I love my nieces, and I hope one day they're into Doctor Who, and I hope one day to be able to show them Jodie Whittaker. Yes. Because for, for all the reasons you just said, I don't need to go over them again. You you worded that so well, my friend. And yeah, you are so spot. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So then, I suppose now the only thing left for us to do is to run through where people can find you online, Dan, before we depart. You can find me gushing about the episode of Doctor Who on Twitter at DanGriffin21. Um, I'll also be tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date and movies that are 25 years out of date, most recently being the Ameri- <laughs> uh, an American werewolf in London. Um, <laughs> other than that, you can... Seriously, it was my first watch through like two days ago. Oh, yesterday, sorry. Um, Guess what, Dan? You can hear me on... Oh, Guess what? You've never seen it. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can hear me on unbooking the territory and unbooking the tankatory. Uh, on unbooking the territory, we look at the first and last of professional wrestling. Uh, we're on Twitter at UTT Podcast. Uh, unbooking the tankatory, we look at uh, Tank Abbott's time in WCW, and that's on Twitter at UTT Tank. Amazing stuff, my friend. Amazing stuff. Uh, you can find, I'm not going to give, give the usual spiel. This is a bonus episode. We said we're going to go 25, 30 minutes. We're now an hour over that. Um, the best thing to do is follow the network on Facebook and Twitter at SJP World Media, and you get links to all the shows there. Follow them on your uh, social media platforms, your podcast platforms, and all that great stuff. But most importantly, you can follow this show the doctor who pod on facebook and twitter and that's at the doctor who pod 
at the D-R-W-H-O-P-O-D at the Doctor Who pod. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Uh, our third season begins Tuesday, the 1st of November. So when this drops, literally the same day that we've recorded it in an hour or two, I imagine it will be out. That's only a couple of weeks away, Dan. Looking forward to getting into more Doctor Who. Uh, looking forward to looking at classic Who, new Who, and all the usual shenanigans and making knob jokes and being a pair of just fucking idiots about everything. <laughs> but lastly, I guess, lastly, I want to say thank you, Jodie Whittaker, for the years you served as the Doctor. I think yeah. that was more good than bad. And I loved this last episode of yours. So, Miss Whittaker, thank you so much. All I can do is echo that. Thank you, Jody. And to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>